Hey, what's poppin' people? It's your boy Kaz right here with uh, Say Less. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for listening to yesterday's episode. If you haven't checked it out, uh, I had Andreas Hale from The Zone and the Sporting News. Uh, it's a very UFC-heavy uh, conversation and a very uh, black empowerment uh, talk-heavy conversation. Uh, but he's a guy that is a journalist and activist, and I'm you know really proud to see the stuff he's done with combat sports and especially... Uh, you can catch him on the New Day podcast that was out um, yesterday that did really incredible um, numbers on Twitter and social with the WWE and everything going on outside in the streets right now. So if you can, man, check out both episodes, uh, you know, and supporting the boys, the New Day. Uh, I'm going to try and get them on the show soon, man. Like, we got to – I'm, I'm going to try and hit them up about something and Get this thing popping. But, um, yeah, so, and also, man, thank you so much for, um, you know, all the views on YouTube. Uh, the first episode is out, and, and you know, with all the bells and whistles and everything we've done together, you know, it's really uh, starting to take off. So I appreciate the support, and hope you, hopefully you guys continue to support that. And, uh, you know, this Friday we'll have a new episode. Um, obviously today uh, I'm going to uh, be recording that new episode so we'll have a bunch of dope best of content as well as stfus to kind of uh you know bring uh bring it bring the show real current and and try and you know navigate this crazy post uh well sort of post pandemic slash start of maybe a revolution <laughs> era that we're in right now because man once i saw Nancy Pelosi and, and Joe Biden and all these dudes wearing fucking kente cloth. I was like, yo, it really let me know how important the black vote <laughs> is this year in the election. So, whoo, y'all, Pandora in, but I ain't mad at it. Um, but y'all are killing it. Thank y'all for support. Uh, today's episode is going to be really fun as well. Um, I got my good friend Wayno, uh, Wayne Clark. Um, damn, I said this old government, but you know how it is. My guy Wayno, he's the co-host of uh, Everyday Struggle on Complex with DJ Academics and the Deska. Um, you know, it's a uh, he's he's one of my my longest dearest friends in this crazy world of entertainment that we've all kind of been in for a while, and it's crazy to see his rise as a talking head. Like I never would have thought this guy <laughs> would be, <laughs> you know, cause, just cause you know, he was somebody I've known for a while. And just the, you know, the, the, he was such a heavy hitter on, on the back end as far as like, you know, the way he's, he, he's been there for artists and created artists and managed and produced and, and ran labels and being an executive, like the fact that he's got one of the hottest shows on the internet right now with, you know, academics and, and, and complex and a desk. It's crazy. So we got to, we got a lot to talk about today. And, uh, in addition to everything going on in the world, uh, we, we talked about some professional stuff and how that really factors into the way music's going to be consumed and, you know, how complex has kind of shifted their sort of, uh, this sort of strategies around everyday struggle, you know, post Joe Budden and, you know, having the way that content's kind of shifted since there's been no real music to talk about. And you got those weird dichotomy with academics and what he does. And it's a good talk. So appreciate y'all to stick around after I'm done talking to check out that interview. It's a good one. Um, I went to the barber today and I'm really happy about that. Uh, not necessarily went to the barber, but you know my my barber. Shout out to Vic on uh, in the uh, lines. Then um, I got that phone call that he was ready to get. You know, like let let's get it going. And you know he's super safe. He's he's overtly safe. Like you know how some some people you go to the barber shop and they're not like as you know they they skip a step here and there just because they're trying to you know get your work done. But not my man Vic. He's one of the most you know he was he was overtly overtly of a germaphobe before this thing even is. So if there's anybody I trust to, to, to touch me up, it's him, man. And he has a great shop in, in, in New Jersey and several shops in New Jersey. But, you know, if y'all, y'all know Vic, I already know how, how he get down. So, um, man, talking about feeling like a brand new person. Like, I can't explain, you know, the depths of how happy I am to the fellow black men that listen to the show that haven't gotten a fade in a while. But you can you can... Y'all motherfuckers can be critics all y'all want to. 
just know that the wolf, man, like, I know a lot of people are just struggling out the wolf with a lot of us and not trying to be overtly uh, 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 trying to act like you're some super barbers now. And, you know, I know y'all, a lot of y'all been cheating. <laughs> okay, like I know a lot of y'all been been sneaking haircuts out, and if you don't, if you're wolfing out, like you're just jealous. Like it felt good. I just want to say how good it felt to feel clippers on the back of my head, man. It's weird, dude. Like it's it's a weird fucking it's it's a weird sort of calm. Like I guess dudes don't really go to the spa a lot, and I feel like you know if you're in a relationship, you know how much your woman needs the spa and needs to feel taken care of or feel good or whatever but without sounding too weird that's the barber for for dudes and (laughs) it's it's crazy that something so fucking remedial so just mundane like just getting your haircut just makes you just feel better about everything crazy going on in the world like I really wish I could explain it better, and and I'm I'm gonna make sure I talk and bounce this off of a couple of other people. But the reason why people just love the barbershop so much is because it's the closest thing dudes can get to going to a spa <laughs> on the regular. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying men don't spa. I'm not saying I'm not trying to uh, you know saying anything wrong with dudes that frequent the spa, but. I've been to a spa before. It's, it's it's great. It feels fantastic. But you know, we just all we can settle for is that fade. That fade is damn near, damn near therapy at this point, man. So shit. Thank you, Vic. Thank you for the edge up. It got real weird, but I'm just gonna keep it pushing anyway. Um, but before I jump into this interview, I know on the Friday episode uh, with Izzy on the show. Shout out to Israel Adesanya, UFC middleweight champ of the world. I talked about uh, campaign zero which is uh, eight um, actions that you can take right now to uh, help change, uh, you know, to put pressure on, uh, you know, your local governments and and mayors to, you know, enforce certain rules that will be, uh, you know, that, that, that can help stop the incredible police violence and police brutality uh, through, through, you know, that's been the, at the heartbeat of these crazy protests uh, in the past couple of weeks. So um, I didn't want it to just be that. Like, I, I, I feel like Campaign Zero is one thing. And, you know, I feel like the the, the journey to everybody sort of getting to where they want to be as far as, like, you know, the new normal, you know, and not going back to the shitty shit that uh, everybody's kind of had to express themselves about for the past couple of weeks. But um, I feel like the best way to go about that is knowing that there's multiple ways to get there. There's multiple lanes. So um, like I said yesterday, uh, I was on a great call with a bunch of leaders um, of their industries and uh, met with a good man named uh, Phil Agnew. And he was on The Breakfast Club this past week with uh, Charlemagne the God and Angelie and, and, and DJ Envy. And uh, he's the leader of Black Men Build. And... If you go check them out on Instagram right now, it is Black Men Build on IG. You can check out the website, blackmen.build. And they did a thing called Signing Day, where basically the reason why all these things have been happening and the reason why uh, it feels different, that people don't feel like they're just going to go back to regular life. And once things are comfortable and in sports and entertainment, there's a distraction. Like, I feel like this is the first time we really need to organize and come together. And uh, Black Men Build is something that is uh, trying to do the best that they can to uh, really unite and organize people. And I want to, you know, if it's something that interests interests you, it's definitely interests me because um, part of the fight is being an all annals of um society you know what i mean like it's it's part of and being able to bring that to your people so being a black doctor being a black athlete being a black writer being a black warrior like this is a war 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and you're going to need warriors. So, and that doesn't necessarily mean like fighting. It doesn't necessarily mean like riding and looting and violence and all that stuff that people like to portray out there. But, you know, you're going to need people on all sides of uh, the world to really come together on this. And um, that's what they're doing. So shout out to Phil. Uh, he's an incredible, incredibly intelligent man. Um, lots of just go and check out the Instagram page, man. It's all is at Black Men Build, and there's a great video uh, with that was directed by Par Get, um, voiceover by my man GLC, the ism. Um, you know, just some of the most incredibly powerful uh, black men in the industry. It's really dope. So check them out, see what they got to offer. They got a, a survival guide on the website that I think. Uh, it's pretty interesting, but y'all check it out, man. And uh, let's get onto this episode with Wayno from Everyday Struggle and Complex. Uh, Emilio, I'm gonna tell you to hit the music one more time, uh, but <laughs> I hope you started this episode with the music too, because I'm gonna be talking some shit before most of these interviews. But check it out, man. Wayno, Kaz, say less. Part of what's the sports and brother. Let's get it, Emilio. Know what to do. Hit the motherfucking music. So, Wayno, man, person I've known for a long time, good friend, good brother, person who has been on the forefront of, of so many, not just cultural moments, but just, you know, in, in the background as well, man. I feel like, you know, you don't, just the, the person you are, you don't even really like big yourself up as much as you should, you know what I mean? Uh, because you're a very humble dude. But, um, you know, the first thing I usually ask when when I have guests on, especially people that I'm friends with, and, you know, a lot of times I'll get to speak with them outside of this as much as I should. But the first thing I like to ask is, like, just how how are you holding up, man? I know it's been a rough couple of months for everybody, but I like to personally catch up with you first. Man, I keep saying, like, you know, when the ball dropped, it was all it's always a moment for us. Right. And we always have this perception of what we think this year is going to be. This year has been like I can't even say the opposite. <laughs> it's like a it's like bizarro world, you know. But but even with everything that's been going on, man, I'm I'm very I'm grateful and thankful, you know. Um, fortunately, I, I have my family, you know, my family here, and you know, they're in good health. So I, I'm I'm it's kind of bittersweet or everything that's going on because while I am still able to work and do everything that I got to do, there's tons of people that's affected by everything we're going through in different ways. So I feel for them. Even if I don't know them or not, right. I just that's just how I am. But um, other than that, I'm, I'm I'm pretty well, man. I mean, my 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 mental has gone through a roller coaster over the past, like especially the past two three weeks. Yeah, like <laughs> I feel like there was there was at this point during the pandemic and everything already going on mm-hmm. in 2020. I kind of felt like I've had enough, and in the past two weeks, just if if anything was proof that like wow, we we've got some sort of resolve as black people that we always hear about. But you never really notice it until, like, you see it in real time. And I feel like that's what's been happening for everybody in the world, you know, just seeing on top of this incredibly crazy time that we live in, on top of, like, an unprecedented disease that's taken out, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people at this point. Right. On top of all that, we still have that extra layer of being black people in America and especially yourself being black people in America in entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Whereas everybody's always, you know, I feel like everyone's kind of had this at this existential moment of we've always seen and known like, yo, despite all this going around us, like we're still black people at the end of the day. And right. a lot of times that has to come first. Well, all the time that has to come first before anything is even mentioned because of what we've gone through. And I feel like in a weird way for the first time, people are really trying their best. I'm not saying they're there yet. I, I still feel like there's a lot more to go, but I really feel like for the first time, people that truly, honestly mean well are doing the most they can to right. try and and understand and try and really help facilitate some actual change in this world. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, like, even for, for me, like, just seeing everything that's going on has op- reopened a lot of mental wounds. You yeah. know, like, yeah. just dealing with the police, like, Man, I've been the first time I ever seen a cop do something wrong. I was about eight years old, and like first time a cop ever did something to me, I was twelve. So it's like 
every I, I say this a lot. Like I can't remember what I wore on on last Friday, but I can remember every bad situation I've had with police. Facts. And, um, Same. You know, <laughs> just just being a black man, a father, you know, um, in, in in this world is is pretty tough, man. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it is really putting the perspective how much we truly go through, you know, um, because it, it, it's, it's people who sympathize on what's, what's going on. And I'm like, damn, of course, you know, uh, why I haven't been like, I've never been brutalized to the point where I was in the hospital um, before by the police. I've been violated like numerous times just because right. they can. And, and growing up, I, I thought that that just was their job. I didn't, it got to a point where you numb to it. It's like coming home and you get stopped and pulled over and they pull your shirt up, pull your arms, do all types of stuff. You, I just, it's regular. Like Same, nobody. like it's 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 a it's a wild thing, and I feel mm-hmm. like just kind of talking about like the things that we go through, and mm-hmm. things that we're just just we just mentally compartmentalize because we feel like that's just kind of like part of the experience of being black, where right. we know it's wrong, but you know we just kind of for our own mental sake, it's almost like uh uh you know it's like when an animal develops like a second skin to protect itself right, from the right. environment. It's like it's one of the things that we're all just kind of born with. And we don't even realize it until, you know, I mean, we realize it, but we don't realize the length of how fucked up it is until yeah. we really see like, yo, everybody goes through this. And when you, and you know, we, we work in buildings with a lot of white people and right. you know what I mean? Like we, we talk to these folks and we mention incidents where they kind of want to believe you, but you know, at the end of the yeah. day, like how they get, how could they really understand? Like I remember my own, and, I, and I've, I've read some of your, your experiences that you shared on social media mm-hmm. and I haven't really experienced, uh, expressed my own, but I remember just being in college and you know, I went to a party. Mm-hmm. I went to a friend's party on the other campus, like down the street, Manhattanville college. Right. And I had no, idea. you know, we, we just partying, whatever we, we want and we hung out. And then the next day, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a college kid. Like, I'm on the basketball team. Like, I, I do, I put the events together. Like, right. people know who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, the next day, I got, like, eight cops knocking on my door, right? Coming in and saying, like, yo, uh, you match a description of, like, somebody stealing a TV out of somebody's dorm the other day, at, uh, last night at this party. We know you didn't do anything, but we just want to, you know, have you come down and ask questions, right? So I'm just like, <laughs> we know you didn't do anything. But <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you know what? Me being just, you know, naive to the fact and, and just going into protective mode, I'm like, all right, let me just go and answer. But you know, we got to actually take you down to the station, so we got to put you in cuffs and put you in the in the car. I'm like. I thought I'm not in trouble. It's like, oh, no, 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 you're not. It's just that, you know, we're, we're, it's a different police station and da-da-da. So they're making up all these excuses. And at the end of the day, they finally put me in the cuffs. But they put, like, a coat and they, like, hide me. So, like, nobody sees that these people are cuffing me and putting me in a car. And I go to the station. And I'm just there for about seven hours. Nobody's asking me. And I'm sitting in a cell. Nobody's asking me questions. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody's, like even, you know, give me any answers to why I'm there. I'm sitting there, like, cuffed to the wall or whatever, or the bench, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and I see, like, down the hall, I see, like, three or four of my teammates. And, like, it's like a little, like, sl- sliver of a wall. We're right. looking at each other like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Right. And thank God, like, we had some white friends in Manhattanville and whatever, like, they came through and, and completely was, like, you know, told, like, hey, man, these guys have nothing to do with that. Like, they had to come through and raise hell. Mm-hmm. And mind you, like, it didn't go on my record. Nobody really, like, booked me or anything, this, that stuff. But, like, it's those moments where you're it's, just, like, you don't realize how fucked up it is. It's still a traumatic experience. It's still traumatic. It's still, it's still super traumatic. Because it's, like, they, they, they definitely wouldn't have to go through that. Wow, okay. So, my man... When I was a little kid, I'm talking about like, you know, five, six, I used to want to be a cop because watching movies like Police Academy and right. watching shows like Chips, they looked, I thought they was comedians. I thought they was funny people. Were right? they sliding on the car and stuff and doing all Bro, like man. the Dukes of Hazard stuff? Right. Man, <laughs> I'm eight years old, right? I'm, I think I'm like eight or nine. Right. My god brother's taking me to the store. My god brother's taking me to the store. He's around like 13. Cops jump out. Of course, it was it was me, him, and somebody else. I can't mm-hmm. remember who else was there, but they jump out. They, of course, they don't do anything to me because I'm, I'm a small child. Right. The cop grabs my god brother, throws him up on the wall, and take. I watch the cop dig in his pocket, put crack in my god brother's jacket, take yeah. it out, 
and then he looked at me and went like this, blinked his eye. I mean, as a kid, I don't know what to do. I didn't even know what crack was. I just knew it was something he put in his pocket. When he did that, he started beating him up after that, right? He beat him up. So at, this happened, like I said, bro, I'm about to be 38 years old. You know what I mean, right. this happened almost 30 years 30 ago. 30 years ago, yeah. So I was talking, me and my guy brother was talking. Like we just got like back in co- uh, contact again. And me and was talking. And I was like, I said that to him. And he was like, yo, you remember that? And I was like, yeah, I remember that. He was like, yo, you don't remember they made me swallow it? I'm like, no, I didn't remember. They made him swallow it. He told me they made him, made him swallow it. Oh, my God. And it's God. just like, and, and from that moment when I was eight years old, it changed my perception on police. Like It just changed my perception of police and how I deal with them and how, how I've been dealt with, you know. And I think, like, the biggest thing out of all of this is we have to understand how much we need to strengthen each other. Yeah. You know, and I'm not talking about black on black crime or none of that. Like crime is all about proximity. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's right. It, it, it's really based on proximity. But I'm talking about like how as a black man and you a black man, how we just got to empower each other. You know, it is it, everything that's been going on has really been eye opening as to how I see how competitive we are in certain instances where we don't need to be. How you know, not just down and how we down each other, but I'm just saying it's like. A lot of times we're against each other when we need to be really building each other, mm-hmm. you know, and, and building each other is not always for monetary gain and monetary value. It's just like you hitting me and checking on me like your brother, bro, like your brother, me and him have like great conversations where we just ask each other how we're doing. Yeah. So it's like th- these are the things where we need to we need to stand strong so that we, we know how to take care of each other, you know, because the reason why all these things is happening is because people are starting to say, you know, and specifically white people, they start to say, Hey man, we gotta start doing something that we can right. help take care. Of. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's like they're like, that's, right, that's, that's what I knew. Like some changes are actually possible. I'm like, all right, white people. When white people was finally fed up, I'm like, okay, like maybe possibly that's the like, hope I'm starting to get now because it was never our problem. It's not our problem right, to was, deal with. And and you see it because it's like, damn, you see them throwing old white men on the floor like it's like like they're nothing and walking over them and it, it's just I think the idea, the whole mentality about um you know, uh, just police. Cause people, police is a profession. It's, it's, um, it's a, a business. You know what I mean? Right. Policing is a business. Which is and, why the whole blue lives matter thing is like, yo man. And, and, and I have, I got a cousin, like I got a cousin that's a former police officer. You know, yeah. I, I know people's police officers. I'm just saying it's like a lot of that mentality follows like the structure all the way back to slavery and how, you know, if you look at um that documentary 13th amendment and how they built the birth of the birth of a nation, how they use media, to fuel like this scary thing of black people. Like we're just these scary people that attack people for absolutely (laughs) no reason and make people perceive us a certain way. And it's totally not that, you know? So man, like with with everything that's been going on, I hope that, you know, we get changed, but we need action, man. We need change action. That's the thing that's going on. All the words and all that's cool. You know, we're standing together, singing together, marching together. Beyond this, man, we just need action. Yeah, I feel like that's that's the big difference in in these protests. You know what I mean? Like it feels like every couple of years we have one of those tipping points. I feel like a couple of years ago, like Trayvon Martin was that tipping point, and for '90s right. babies, it was Rodney King, and for right, you know right. a lot of other these moments, you know, we've always had these tipping points where we get angry and we protest and we riot and we do all these things and take action, and people remember it, but no real change takes place, right? right so. Right. I think now what gives me a little hope, and, and I talked about this on yesterday's episode, what gives me a little hope is that, like, for the first time, I feels like we've kind of infiltrated, we found different ways of attacking this, this, right. this beast, right? Like, I feel like for the first time, it's not just rioting. Like, if you can't be on the front lines, there's people that are in the political space. We've got people right. in media. We've got people with money to fund right. certain things. Like, we've gotten... A overload of information as much bullshit and fake news is out there and how easy it is to fall for that mm-hmm. is just enough information and and actions to be taken out there that we all know a plan of attack and it seems to be it's only been a couple of days so i'm not going to get my hopes up but like it seems to actually we're starting to see a little bit of fruit of that labor finally right. happening right like 
you're seeing movements like defund the police. And it's not saying mm-hmm. we don't need police. It's not saying right. we don't. People get misconstrued with that. Yeah, yeah, that's. I feel like that's always been, you know, uh, that's why a lot of people have always tripped at, at the starting block because they yeah. hear something and we're, we're, we're black people. So we find something, we find it's catchy and like we are, we are marketing geniuses. So right. at the end Absolutely. of the day, uh, a, a phrase like defund the police being as slick and, and, and concise as it is, People will see it and be like, oh, what? So that means you don't need police? Nobody's saying that. Right. But the fact that Yo. we have so much information out there now that we see how much money goes to the police and how much of it doesn't go into resources that will prevent all this bullshit from happening, that's the thing that people are starting to recognize now. And now we could possibly see some actual change in Man, this country. This is, this is a, a, like a conversation I was pretty much having today, you know, academics on the show and about the whole defund the police thing. I was just telling him, I'm like, yo, bro, like, I watched a documentary one time on Vice, and they was just talking about how, like, how the militarization of police costs so much money, and they don't use any of that shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like, dog, like, okay, 9-11 happens, terrorist threats happen. I'm, of course, I'm pretty sure that, you know, there's threats going on every single day that we're not privy to that information. But the amount of money that they spend on assault weapons, like, uh, even though assault uh, uh, weapons are banned in New York for civilians. Police have them. Right. They have tons of them, and they spend tons of money on them. Tanks, tear gas, all these different things. Okay, so what are they going to be used for? I just know within the last ten years, I ain't seen none of that shit used. But in the past couple ten days, I've seen it used. I've oh. seen it used on. I've seen it used on people who's who pose no threat. <laughs> you know no, I mean? like, I'm seeing shit like the, the when everybody should have woke up was when we had a global pandemic that we were grossly un- underprepared for, right? Like, Super, we didn't yeah. have masks, we didn't have ventilate, we didn't have right. shit. And these are people right. that are supposed to keep us alive, right? Right. When it was time, when, when Trump was talking about, hey, man, we got to get these, these so-and-sos off the street, they had a base set up in L.A. Community Center the <laughs> right. next day. Next day. Like the that. next day, like dog. That. I was like, what the... How was this... How is this possible? Like, how how is that so readily available? You know what I mean? And this is probably the most... That's why you see these idiot dudes on the front lines literally giddy, like, ready to finally see some action. Right. You know what I mean? Because they ain't doing nothing with that. Exactly, man. It's it's like a person who practices, like, boxing all the time. It's like... (laughs) And and it's, like, really passionate about boxing, but they don't ever really spar. Yeah, they want to fight. Like, they want their moment. So it's like... you, You go in Times Square, you see... All these cops with their, their helmets on and their big guns. They're basically they decoration do, at this point. They're decorations. They just, take, they just take pictures with people. Like they don't, they, they're not doing any policing down there. Like we, right. we, They're not doing anything. Like There's no shootouts that happen in Times Square. And, and honestly, I think it goes back to the initial conversation that we're having, man. Like, yo, I think that there's just fear of blackness. Yo. It's, it's, a, it's a... And I started listening to... Like, when I was around 21... I started listening to Public Enemies music because their music came out when I was like when I was really young. Right. Like what I knew, I knew what Fight the Power was, but I didn't understand the context of the music. Right. If you go listen to the song, like records like Fear of a Black Planet, you know, just th- that album, it speaks so heavily about what's going on today. What's so eye-opening to me is just because we work in entertainment and everybody's talking about Kendrick and this down a third, about him not saying something. If you listen to the music from Kendrick to Public Enemy, to NWA, to anybody who came before in between, everything that they're talking about speaks to the time. So yeah. what does that tell you about how we are treated in this country? Like, <laughs> Nothing's we ain't just changed. Fucking, I Nothing's mean, changed. We, like, we make to, a, pimp, we, to Pimp a Butterfly is literally, the entire album is dedicated <laughs> to what's going on right now. So people say, oh five years God, ago. We need right. Kendrick now. I'm like, bro, you ain't listened to what he was saying on King Kunta. You ain't hear Black of the Berry. You didn't hear Mortal Man. Exactly. Like, this was all exactly. stuff he's been talking about. And the fact that all this music has been here at our disposal mm-hmm. and it's aged, you know, sadly, it's aged wonderfully from every, every, part, of, every part of arts. Like, not right, even just right. music. Like, I'm, I'm a big stand-up comedy buff. I'm, right. I'm going back and watching uh, oh, Chappelle's show, David Chappelle killing him softly. I'm watching, uh, you know, Big Eye Black. Yeah, like all these, <laughs> all these classic stand-ups that, sadly, have aged wonderfully because they are talking about the same shit. Yo, that was going of, on 20, 25, 30 years ago. Yo, Kaz, the thing about it is, it's like, yeah, you know, we are, we, we, we do entertainment so that we, it, it fuels our livelihood, but we ain't just talking to be talking. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? We, we ain't just talking to be talking. And the, the thing that's crazy to me is like, okay, if any other group of people, when they go through certain things and they're able, like I used to work at, at Channel 11, man. I've seen like Asian people come mobilize and, and, and protest. I don't even know what they was protesting for, but I know that <laughs> I nobody. I see the, the can, same Koreans that protest right on 42nd Street by Lucky yeah. Strike. Every, they have been protesting yeah, there all this, but, for the yo, past bro, eight years. I don't know what I've they never protested seen, for, and, but they're and, still and, there. And not that I don't want to see none of them be attacked, but like they're not attacked. They're not. And and the reason why is because their power comes from their dollar, man. Their power comes from their dollar. And I'm I'm not one of those people that's just all about money. But what I do want us, want our people to start doing going forward is just being smart about our money, man. We 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 claim the hood so heavily, right? The hood is nothing that we control. Mm-hmm. You can go anywhere in America and find a, a Chinatown. A Mexican uh, uh, town, uh, Puerto Rican, Dominican, a little Italy. I grew up on the east side of Harlem around nothing but Puerto Rican. So I see how they like from a political standpoint, how they the, the, their local government, how it helps their community. We got to start getting more in the local uh, local uh, politics. We got to start putting more value inside money. And no, it's not going to happen if we just stop buying Jordans because everybody has this. You know, <laughs> the memes. Like, I like Jordans. You know what I'm saying? I like Jordans too. Like, yo. You know the memes, bro? Like, yo. It's bigger than that. Stop, like, yeah, if we just stop buying Jordans, we could rule the world. No. You know, I just think that we just got to, we got to start learning financial literacy, man. It's, it's so many different things that we just got to start educating our people from, for. And, and, and um, instead of looking at somebody and saying, like, you know, man, I don't, like, how they doing that? I don't really care. Let, let's start starting being more abrasive. Like, let's not shit on each other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's start sharing this information, man. Knowledge, man, knowledge is power, man, for real. And yeah. I think that's that's what we got to attain going forward, more and more of it for us to put ourselves where we really want to be. We don't want no problems, I mean, but we don't want nobody giving us problems neither. Right, we just, we just, we're just, I, I keep seeing the same quotes kind of fly over and over on Instagram and Twitter because, you know, it's kind of the moment. But, you know, one of the quotes I've seen fly, you know, millions of times over is just be happy that black people want equality and not revenge. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's bro. If you see, you know, and, and, and people think I'm joking around where I'm like, yo, why we have your attention? Like what's good with these reparations too. You know what I mean? Like not bro. Do you, do you remember what Paul Mooney said? Yeah, Paul Mooney, Paul Mooney was like, "Man, ghosts ain't real because if ghosts was real, they come back and whoop white people ass." <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, but no, but for real, man. I mean, yeah. While we got your attention, let's have these conversations let's have these and these combos. Think, I mean, the, the thing is, man, it's like you know. That's why I'm. I really don't like that today. So many things are censored mm. because you know when I was a kid, man, I watched All in the Family, Archie Bunker, man. Archie Bunker was like this racist white dude and and he they put humor into that right they put right. humor into that but i think that like the reason why it was great television is because archie bunker would say something about a black person but he would have a black person check him on the show it's like and that's okay and, and that's, that's okay. okay yeah the thing is now is like nobody can say that they're uncomfortable with something because that just means that you no i don't hate it some some things people just don't understand and mm-hmm. i think that we just got to get back to having more honest conversation with one another you know what I mean? That, that, that'll that really propel us, man. Like, you know, while, you know, I, I do understand trauma, because we're talking about trauma, and I do understand, you know, on um, people going through things, we do need to be able to have conversations and just say, yo, I don't know. Like, even even on our side, there's tons of shit in other cultures that I don't get and I don't right. understand. And I think that in order for me to understand, I just need to have that honest conversation. Yeah, that's the one thing that I really... I'm being canceled, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's, you know, people who, who listen to this show were, were followers of Flagrant 2. And, you know, right. when I was at Flagrant 2 and we were doing that show, it really came from, like, the prefaces of the show came from the era of not being able to say what you want to say without feeling like you're canceled, you're this, you're that. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, the beauty of that was the open conversation and the open dialogue. And, like, yo, me not necessarily judging you. Like, the, the Archie Bunker stuff you're talking about right away, like, that immediately brings me back to, like, conversations I would have with certain people that, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, you can think that, you can say that, but, like, I, I know enough of myself and I, I have enough confidence in myself to be able to check you on that and not just immediately run to, oh, my God, you're canceled, you can't say yeah. that. Da, da, da. Like, I want to hear that. Like, I don't want the good thing that's been happening about this week is that a lot of people that's had biases and, 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 and a lot of 
racial tensions within themselves are really telling on themselves. That's why I thought the Drew Brees thing was wonderful. I was, was so was I was so great. It was a it was a great fucking moment because motherfuckers love Drew Brees. I love Drew Brees. Like right. I, I thought he was like he was my guy, you know, outside of Tom Brady. Like I just love the way right, he led. Right. Like I just like his I like his style as far as like, you know, I always root for black quarterbacks, but like for white boys, he was my dude. Yeah. And the fact that he said what he said when he said it. And the way that people like like Trump and like the NFL and, you know, the response from, you know, all the players and Goodell, that Drew Brees moment is going to be like a tipping point for so many people because if he can get checked on that, like right, right. anybody, like God, I think, I think Dominique Foxworth said it best. Like Drew Brees went through that. So hopefully you ain't got to go through that. You know what I mean? Some home <laughs> shit. Like yeah, he, he ate that bullet. And, and mm-hmm. learned. And, like, I, I don't want to censor people. I want to hear what you really think. Like, I want to know, you know, like, what's going on in your mind to make you think that, like, this person who's never said anything about disrespecting America, disrespecting the flag, and none of this type of stuff, how did his very simple message right. that was – it wasn't like it was a big secret. Like, the motherfucker was an NFL quarterback. He was on Center. Every right. He was talking with a Green Beret. He sat the first week. The Green Beret came up to him and was like, hey, I don't like you do that, but here's a better idea. I understand where you're coming from. One conversation changed that whole entire thing. How did that get so muddled to, to the point where now this dude is one of the most hated Americans in the country because of Trump, because of implicit bias, because of all right. these things? Right. And Drew Brees saying what he said spoke for a lot of waffly white people who who Absolutely. who, who <laughs> want to respect you, but oh right. my god, my dad was a was in the army too. Like, okay, so you don't think black people don't have grandfathers and uncles that fought in the war too? Yeah, yeah, what do you yeah. think they came back for? <laughs> you Dog, know what I, mean? Like, I mean, like you know, and that's why you know, one time I said something about um, Black History Month, and I was like, you know, I it got misconstrued because I said I wasn't a fan of Black History Month, and that's only because I feel like black history is American history. Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our history should be told synonymously with any other history, you know, that that's told in this country. And, you know, um, all of these, uh, like all of these different things are not by coincidence, it's by design. It's, it's, it's not coincidental, coincidental that black history is the shortest month of the year. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, they didn't just say. It's such a bone throw like here. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's not not coincidental. These things are by design. And a lot of, a lot of these policies, all these different things, they were written so long ago. So many laws have, haven't been changed. And these, these laws were written like when things were totally different, not only were they written, like they gave black people the right to vote before they gave women the right to vote. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's it's all these different things that just need to be changed. And because, you know, America's American pie is traditional. It, it can't change. <laughs> but everything else can change, though. Everything else can evolve. Technology can evolve things. Yeah. You know, yeah. sports can evolve. All these different things. But when it comes to talking about the foundation of who we are, no matter what your ethnic background is, that has to stay the same. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I'm happy that the Drew Brees thing happened because – I feel two parts about the whole apologizing thing. Like, I don't really dig apologies because mm. my whole thing with apologies is like, you only apologize because you got caught. Like, I've been, a, I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of shit I didn't feel sorry for when I was a kid. I only felt but sorry because I got you do caught. it just to get, just to be like, okay, get off my back right. or something. You know? <laughs> I don't like, want to get my ass whooped. So I don't just, want no more know. smoke. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, I feel like, you know, we gotta, we gotta be able to differentiate the two. You know, there are people who are genuinely sorry, but we can't tell until they change their actions. While there are people that, I feel like that with the donations, there's tons of people that's like, oh man, uh, the, the 50,000 or the 100,000 or 100 million, it's just to say, to not put an eye on them. Right. I mean, that's, that's what it's really predicated on, and not put an eye on them. And I think we just gotta be wary about these types of situations that's going on. So one thing that's really, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I wanted to save this convo for the end, but I want to bring it up now because I thought it was hilarious. We see that we're not just here for the the, the visuals of y- unity anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like we've all evolved. We've all evolved and not thinking enough to know that, like, okay, we've been through enough uh, seminal moments in, in racism in American history that we know when somebody's just putting off a show or not. Like, we know that there's legislation that could be taken. There's actual moments that could, uh, you know, be enacted, you know what I'm saying, to 
result in some actual change. If you want to help, if you want to do what you say you want to do and listen and be a part of the solution. So today we wake up and what's the first thing I see? A bunch of, you know, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, the, the bunch of Democrats kneeling with some Kenzie cloth on. <laughs> yo, 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 I, come on, man. And yo, I'm just I, like, bro, there's so listen, many things you could have done. She was bad enough when Black Panther came out and everybody, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I said, damn, why don't y'all throw some spears in there while y'all at it? Y'all, everybody got on Kenzie cloth all of a sudden. Like, that, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like, like, when I seen that, that shit made me feel like, you know, the white dude that you warming up to, getting to know, yeah. and they start using your slang. You know what I mean? To be like, cool with you. What's like, going on, my brother? And I'm just yeah, like, like, all right, come what's, on. What's, what's popping, homie? Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, yo, it's, so, yeah. it's so triggering to so many people because, like, I'm, you, like I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool without the nailing shit. Like, they didn't even have to nail. I'm cool with y'all just saying, yo, this is wrong. But y'all all nailing down with y'all heads down. Y'all got the toss Come on, though. What, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, oh, I was, I've never doing? laughed this much. Like, it was, it was, after, after the beginning of last week, this was such a well-needed laugh. Because I was like, Bro. man, instead of just doing your job, like, being politicians, you'd be like, okay, right, right. let's see where this money is going into police and put it in some right. other places so we don't have to do all this. Let's try this. Let's try that. Instead of doing, instead of leading with that, right? Monday, this is what you lead with. And this is, but, but, Cass, this goes to show me, like, how powerful the black vote is. <laughs> it is. It, it is, yo, It's yo. all about the black vote. Because, look, because even with that you said, bro, it's like, okay, I get, like, I, I can't even say I get it. <laughs> my, it's just weird shit. It's like that that picture with all those black people that was standing around touching Donald Trump, and he got his eyes open to all of them <laughs> like this, like putting laying hands on. It. It's like, what the fuck is going on? But this is why I ain't gonna lie, man. This is why I love the millennials. I love the '90s babies, man. Because that you either when, when you a '90s baby, man, you either Chief Keith. Or you either super like like you either Chief Keith or you J Cole. It's no in between. <laughs> it's, like, no in between. <laughs> it's, it's no in between, bro. So it's like I love the fact that our youth, man. I love the fact that our youth is using social media as a weapon, man, because mm-hmm. they, they're able and not not to and, and when I say weapon, not to hurt. You know what I mean? They're just using it as a weapon for the voices to be heard and bring yes. awareness and shit like that. Because before uh, twenty years ago, something like that would happen. A lot of people wouldn't question it. They just like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, cool. You know what I mean? Now people's like, man, what the fuck is y'all what doing? Is that? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like it, it's made me look at so many other things. It's, it's like it's our, it's almost our Bill Clinton playing the saxophone on our Arsenio Hall moment. Like oh, it's man, like, come on, so, but like back then, when you're super young and don't know better, it's like, oh man, that's cool. But right, right. The, the people of our age now are looking at that I, right. and see right through that bullshit. The, the only person I was cool with wearing the cloth was, was Dirk, and that's because he got an African wife. <laughs> that's <laughs> queen, exactly. That was queen. You know, he had to do it for the white and all that. But other than that, man, I just be like, come on, bro. What is y'all doing? Like, you know, but, but it's all good. I'm just happy that, you know, from all of this, man, from all of this cast, that, you know, fortunately enough, we still here because there's tons of people who, who didn't make it to see this, not just through the to COVID, but for other reasons. And, you know, we here to be able to see to see this. And I think, like, man, like, me and you, we've been building our relationship for about 10, uh, a little bit over 10 years yeah. now. Think about 10 years from now, we're talking about 2020. Like, damn. <laughs> like, what was, yeah, that, was, that was a wild year, man. I mean, hopefully we don't have any too many more years like this, man. But um, I'm happy that, that we are where we are. I agree, man. I agree. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> um. Man, Everyday Struggle, obviously one of the biggest shows on the internet, one of the biggest shows the Complex has ever put out, and they've been on a roll for the past couple of years as far as, like, just hit after hit after hit, whether it's Hot Wings, whether it's Sneaker Shopping, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, you know, now with Everyday Struggle. Um, i just like to know, like, you know, with everything going on, how has, like, the coverage sort of shifted, you know, from being a show that is, you know, mostly based on entertainment and music and everything that goes in the inner workings of that to kind of starting to have to branch out because everything's just become one, like, cornucopia right, right. Of, of content now. Like, you guys can go full episodes where, you know, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll bring in, you know, certain uh, uh, um, music and hip-hop conversations, but it has to do with, well, how does that affect the coronavirus, how does that affect protests? Like, right. we've had a bunch of hip-hop-led protests this past weekend with YG and, and Kendrick being on the streets and, and Kanye being in Chicago. How has that changed, you know, the way you guys uh, approach creating Everyday Struggle now? 
you know it's kind of ill um because like EDS is a, a hip hop debate show mm-hmm. and um you know we get it we get a chance to you know I think the beautiful thing about EDS is that and even when Joe is on there is like you know you got a contrast of opinions like act comes from a world that I don't come from I come from a world like he don't really come like I mean and vice versa you know Nadeska you know she moderates us in between but the, the what we've shifted to now is basically our conversations that we have when the cameras are off. Mm. You know, um, a lot of times when we are debating and we talking about stuff, when we had the regular show format, we can't really, not say that we can't really talk about it. It's just that we gotta, you know how doing shows are like, yeah. we gotta, we gotta follow our base or what, or what the topic is today. It's like, that's why we get so much flack when people say, why you want to talk about this artist or that artist or that artist? It's just like sports. I mean, sometimes I love watching the Minnesota Timberwolves too, but if, if they get blown out, nobody's talking about that. Right. You know? So um, it's, it's very topical, but now it's like, these are the lot, a lot of the conversations that me and the desk and act have when like, you know, um, the show is done and we're just sitting there building with each other. You know, some days like we finish the show and we might sit there. We, if all of us don't have something to do, we might sit there for 40 minutes and just talk about life. Like, you know, um, I've learned, I learned a lot about investing in stock from, from the, from the two of them. You know, I've learned a lot, a lot of stuff just being around them. So the, the shift from the show hasn't really been difficult Um was I wouldn't even say it's been challenging, man. It's it's really been natural because we're all affected by it. You know, while Ak is from Jamaica and Nadeska's from Grenada, they both black people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and they both live in America, and they deal they deal with certain things the same way I deal with it growing up here my entire life. So we've been able to to, to coast pretty well. You know. Awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's still one of my favorite shows. Like, I try Thank to catch you, it as much as I can. And, uh, you know, obviously, I, I know you guys may, may have spoken on uh, the, the protest, not just, you know, I feel like when it comes to a lot of media outlets, uh, Complex and more specifically Everyday Struggle has a, um, they almost have an obligation to, to continue this talk, right? To continue, right. you know, when it's not as sexy to talk about anymore, when sports start coming back and, you know, the pandemic and people are going back outside. And, you know, I feel like one thing that uh, has really held up a lot of progress when it comes to, you know, race relations and police brutality and exactly some real change is that people just stop caring about it. You know what I'm saying? Right, and right, right. this past weekend, you know, we've seen some of literally the biggest protests in the history of America and because the, it was nonviolent, because there wasn't no rioting, because there wasn't no looting, you know, you don't see it as, as the headline story on CNN anymore. Right, right. But you go on social media, you see YG leading 50,000 people in Los well, Angeles. It, you got, you know, it. Kanye West, who hasn't said a word, but has set up college funds for George Floyd's kids and, and Ahmaud right. Arbery's kids. And we got the entire world, like, clamoring for you know, uh, the arrest of Breonna Taylor's killers, everybody using their voice. And the one weapon that all of us could have without necessarily being on the front lines is making sure the conversation doesn't stop and making sure right. that the media continues to, to to make this an important thing to talk about because it's going to be a long fight. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Um, for yourself, how, how has seeing a lot of hip-hop changing its its focus and, and and making sure that the conversation stays here has that kind of affected the way you've seen guys like yg and kendrick and kanye and everybody else well I, I i really love it man um you know the thing about it is is like and this is why i always say you know rappers gotta rap you know right. rap 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 is going through a lot of different transitions you know through its time and you know if we talking about truly what hip-hop is hip-hop is all expression right and um what, what, what I love to see is, like, YG using this platform because, you know, a lot of people view YG, and I, I didn't like the flack that some people are trying to give him because they're saying, oh, he's trying to capitalize off of the moment. And I'm like, oh, right. bro, YG has been, even though, you know... You mean the dude that made fuck Donald Trump? You mean that dude? dude? That like, Trump, Donald he's Trump, been the, about the, this. The, 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 the dude that been uniting people when he made, when he made my nigga, he united everybody up for that record. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um... Why he's not he's unapologetic about who he is and he lets you know he's treats our Pyro, but along with that being said, he's 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 going on the front lines and he doesn't what people gotta really look at for the ones that's criticizing him is he doesn't have to use his platform for that. You know, I mean he can use his platform for some other shit and he's using it for change. So like for me, um I like where I, I like where I see it. what I love about being a part of like complex and what they have let me do 
over the past, because I've been on the show for two years, yeah. they've never censored my voice. You know, there's been numerous times where on the show, I've said different things about, you know, and I, I don't want to make it too passionate white people, because I've never been taught to hate white people, and I don't hate white people. But I've always been able to express how I felt certain things were and our unfairness was without somebody from human resources coming to me like, yo, Wayne, you got your shit. Mm-hmm. can't really say that. You know what I mean? They've always let me be expressive in that sense. Um, for where hip-hop is at, man, um, and, and, and Kanye, I think th- that's the thing. Everybody, you know, I think the good thing about Kanye is that he realized that people are not really fans of the things he has to say more yeah. recently. Yeah. And he let his actions speak louder than words. And what he did was a very classy move, regardless of how he might feel about Trump, et cetera. You know, it was a very classy move, and, and it was a move that needed to be done. Kendrick, you know, um, Kendrick, he, he speaks to his music more than he's he, than anything. You know what I mean? Right. He's always provided some sort of soundtrack, whether it was even Good Kid, Mad City. You know, there was tons of songs on there that that fit the fit the narrative of what's going on today as well as to Pimple Butterfly and Dan. You know, um, it, it, Cole, like Cole, he, he's never been. He was at Ferguson. Right. You know and, and he's from, this is a dude who has, you know, he has a white mother, but he's a black man. Mm-hmm. You know I'm saying like, he's definitely a black man and he's, he's always used his platform, you know, for, for, for what we needed for. So Wale too. Wale was out Wale, there on oh, the front yeah. lines as well. Like, you know what I mean? I'm happy you said Wale because yeah. I think, you know, he's another one who. That's people, all, he, he's never not been about his people. He's you know never I mean? not like, been about his people. And mm-hmm. man, he wanted to, Blackest, if not the blackest artist, you know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, exactly. And, and he's he's always touched on, you know, just stuff stuff that we deal with, difficulties that we deal with when it gets that it's broken down to light skin, dark skin complexities and, and all of these types of things. And Wale, I think while he's so passionate, his message gets a little misconstrued. He's he's never had an inclination or a time where when it's come to what we're talking about right now, you've questioned. It. Right. Right. You know, so I I, I think that, you know for where hip hop and, 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 and where we're going. Like, I still do love a lot of songs that's about bullshit. Yeah. I do, I, I, do, <laughs> I, I do love with these brothers and sisters. That's, that was actually my next question. I mean, like, I feel like we're at a point where it's not gonna be as easy for people to just kind of go back to just, you know, I mean, yeah, we're always gonna need that moment to, or need that type of music. Like, I'm still gonna need some 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 ignorant shit. Like, but yeah. I mean, right. how much do you think that's gonna change going forward? I mean, is it the, the troll god six nine? Your boy acts boy six nine. Like, Bro. he's been doing as as much as he can to kind of like get some attention on him. And I feel like, right, we're always gonna pay attention. We'll always kind of have an eye to it. But I feel like the collective consciousness have just like shift to that yeah. sort of music or, or or just that sort of thinking like how long do you think that's gonna last i i mean I, I really can't put a finger on it because i think even like in the case of like the whole six nine shit everybody watches because it's just like it's an entertaining story yeah you know i mean like, like even though it, the, the story comes with a lot of pitfalls and a lot of bullshit even down to the you know um how to with the streets and all of that hold on one second i gotta tell my daughters can y'all please i'm like this mic can pick up everything <laughs> Oh, yeah, somebody's playing something from their phone? I hear music. That's your phone? Exactly. <laughs> it's all good. But, <laughs> but, Hashtag um, girl dads. <laughs> yeah, man, right. And I got my son, too, man. <laughs> but, you know, but he's chilling, sisters. though. He's chilling. Yeah, he, he's off doing something he ain't got no business doing. I know it. <laughs> um, but, yo, I think the thing about, you know, the 6-9 six thing, six thing is just like it's a it's an ill crime story, and that's why people pay so much mind. Um, nobody's paying attention to it because the dude is talented. You know, right. um, they're paying attention because it's just something to watch. And I think people always, especially at this time, when we can pick and choose what we want to and what we don't want to watch, we can all, we're can we all going to figure out if we're going to watch that or not. And people are going to continue to do that. But I think as far as being a successful artist, you've always got to have something to say. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even even the Drake, like, like everybody, you know, Drake, he was the ladies' man. He always was the ladies' man, but he could rap. If he couldn't rap good, all that singing shit wouldn't matter if he it couldn't matter. rap good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The and, R&B and, and, side and the singing side of Drake, that's yeah. just, that's that's the superlatives. That's the icing on the cake. Right. That's the extra and, stuff. And, and, he, sprin- and he sprinkles, him. yeah, I, I'm not looking for Drake to be Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm not looking for that for all cold, but he does sprinkle his shit in there, and I think he uses his platform as well. So I think, like, you know, when it all boils down to, like, where hip-hop is, 
it's about the craft, man. And even if you, you're not, because everybody doesn't have the ability to be the same artist. Like, I think that you still have to hone in on your craft and be good. Like, I, again, like Little Baby. I'm not looking for Little Baby to start speaking about being consciously black. You know what I'm saying? But, but he's out there, I, though. He's out there he's on out the front there. lines. Yeah. He's out there on the front lines. But I, I do still want, I want to hear that nigga talk about cars and money, too. Like, I, I, I'm never going to not want to hear that because that's what hip hop was built on as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was it was built on Flash. You know what I mean? Like what? what like Run DMC to me, they was fly. Like them Adidas suits and them buckets yeah. and Cool J with the gold chains and and, and bro, I, I just say that that comes. That's just our roots from Africa, man. Because kings and queens, we always gonna want to have that shit on. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean, we always gonna want to have it on. So I think that you know, when it comes to the, the, where hip hop is going, yeah, you you you're gonna if you're gonna be an artist that's gonna be talking about something, you're gonna have to articulate it well and all that. But I think there's always gonna be room for the other guys, and and they'll have their fan base. But for the shit that matters, we the ones that's gonna keep that going no matter what. Especially uh, especially nowadays, man. Like I feel yeah. like we've all we've all learned that uh, we all have much more power than we even thought. You know what I'm saying? Like so, the last question I want I want to kind of pick your brain about before we get out of here is you're in a very unique situation not just being a, a talent and being a host and being a voice to the culture you're also behind the scenes you're VP at Asylum yes. and you know a lot of these record companies are you know we're in a, we're in an extremely delicate place as far as like the future of music as far as we don't know when is the next time we're necessarily going to have live concerts we don't necessarily know right. you know what touring's going to be like but now we're at the point where okay, we don't even necessarily know what people are going to be rapping about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, so right, like, right, it's, right. Just, it's just so much uncertainty right now. And you being somebody who, you know, has, has worked with, with countless artists and being able to, you know, help put these messages out there, everybody and, you know, especially a big brand like Asylum slash Warner is very conscious of what they're saying in right. their messages because now they're gonna, their feet's going to be held to the fire. Now it's going to be right. like, okay, NFL, you say you support black lives. You say you're going to do this. You're going to do that. We're going to be watching. We hear you, but we got to see the action coming forward to know right. that this wasn't just lip service. This wasn't you just capitalizing on a moment that everyone's talking about being right. somebody at a record label, you know, and, and, the, and the, the kind of verbiage that Warner and asylum and, and all these people have put out what's been, you know, just taking me into the boardroom or the virtual or the Zoom chats of, of yeah. what's going on right now. Like, what's been like the main focus of a lot of these record labels as far as moving forward in yeah. this uncertain time of of how music's going to be going forward? Because it, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of things that are just not necessarily certain uh, for the next couple at least year. Right. I mean, um, for us, I you know. Our focus has shifted a lot because like we none of us saw this this COVID thing coming and then like with everything else that's going on in the world, it's it's opened a lot of eyes. Um as far as being a black a, a black executive, you know, for me, I just try to share as much uh, as much information as I can with artists that I sign or may not even sign. You know, for me it's like um what I learned having my career for as long as I've had it is that <clears throat> relationships is what move things forward. And um if you if you really want to if and then I haven't even had like some of those conversations with board because over the past two weeks man like everybody's just kind of been like yeah. off of the grid you know what I mean yeah. everybody's pretty much been off of the grid but me my mindset has always been just to strengthen the youth you know like I'm one of the oldest guys while I might not look at everybody I'm one of the oldest guys on the staff and you know I got a lot of young people under me and what I try to just teach them is that you know in order for us to keep music and keep you know business thriving we got to be innovative you know what i mean we got to think forward and um again i think it kind of goes back to the conversation we just was having before you know we kind of held up certain releases because a lot of our artists for them to drop music certain the type of music that they make at certain times of right now it's not going to fit and it's going to be kind of be i don't think it wouldn't be appreciated it just be kind of swept a little bit past because people everybody in the world is just focusing on certain things mm-hmm. and it's not wrong with that you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. not wrong with that but like from a a presentation standpoint is the is the biggest thing about it is like we got to be able to present ourselves correctly you know and i think going forward you know while i work for such a big company like you know Warner, i work hand in hand, in hand with atlantic as well you know we're like a, a brother company to them everybody kind of shares the same common goal that we all want to win and with within that we're just trying to find transparency you know what i mean how, how do we win 
how do we win from here? You know, uh, everything is different now. So what's going to be the things going forward? You know, this, this, this week I actually have, we actually do have a, a large zoom call, you know, with some people from the corporation. And I think that, you know, one thing I can honestly say with, with asylum, I've never felt like I was, um, I, I never felt like I was just like some token black guy over there. You know what I'm right. saying? I never right. felt like the structure that I was put in was just for me to be like this thing for them. I felt like, you know, I was empowered. I, I was definitely empowered and I was given responsibility. And I've been very, very, very particular with how I use that. You know, very, very particular how I use that. And I, I think like, for me, my biggest thing is mentorship, man. Like, like I got to where I am today because I have great mentors and great colleagues, even you, Kaz. I mean, like, tons of the things that you that you've done in your career, bro. Like, you know, I did. I, you know, I didn't start out in media. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I remember the I remember the, <laughs> the the text thread. It was me, you, and uh, low key. Yeah, and you were like, "Yo, man, I'm about to do this thing with Complex." Like, yo, what? And like now, I'm just like, bro, you. Because, you but you know, me I, call, shit, like. I mean, the thing is, bro, is like I call on y'all, man. Like, you know, it was a point in time where, you know, I was starting to host shows and me and Loki was on the train and I asked him, I say, bro, could you teach me how to host shows? Like, I don't, I don't have no ego, bro. Like, I don't have right. no ego. I come from, you know, I, I don't want to just make it into a sob story, but I was, statistically speaking, I'm not supposed to be in a position I'm in. Mm. So I don't, I, t- I don't take that lightly at all. And I try to educate myself and I try to, you know, use my peers. Like, even when I see y'all win, it's like, man, when I seen you on, on WWE, bro, like, that shit felt like I was on there. You know what I mean? Every emotion I had as a child came out of me, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm rooting for y'all. And I think that, you know, that's how we move forward is is empowering one another, you know, and, and, and trusting in one another, you know, and, and, use, and using each other for each other's benefit, man. Like, I'm all for be, me being used. Just don't misuse me. That, that's right. all I'm about. Right. Like, I don't want to be useless. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never, I've never been somebody who I always keep my DMs open. I always keep, I I always try to talk to as many people as possible because, you know, like this knowledge, it it ain't for me to hoard. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't for me to just like, it it, it gives me no, it, it almost doesn't even serve me right if I'm not giving this away as much as I can, because if that's all I have to give, I just get lazy if I'm just holding on to it, because I feel like I don't have anything else I can learn. You know what I'm saying? Like, you said it's something like, very, very, very intricate, brother, because mm-hmm. I think that was the, the difference between the generation prior to us and our generation. Right. A lot of people that came before me and you, because we ain't like, I mean, I know I'm older than you, but we ain't too far off. Yeah. Like they hoarded information. They kept it all to themselves on the, I ain't going to let these niggas know what I got going on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it to me. And I think that, you know, now that we know, these types of things and situations exist within business, within our corporate structure, all that's dead. Yeah. All that's dead. And I think that, you know, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking for the corporation that I work for in a Warner. I'm looking for more of them. Not to, I don't need y'all to just embrace me just because I'm black, but embrace me because I'm a hard worker. Right. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that I need a, a, a higher salary just because I'm black. Like, and I'm not even saying I want a higher salary. I'm just saying I want to, I want to gain the knowledge so that whether I'm doing it with Warner or doing it with somebody else, I would love to keep doing it with them forever if I can. But if I could be doing this somewhere else and we helping each other in the future, that's the only thing that's going to keep us going as people, period. Yeah, and that's and that's the enough. most that's the most uh, 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 delicate situation about this because now I, I don't know, gosh, just just judging by history, I don't know when us as black men and women will have another chance like this for people to be like, okay, I'm going to take off my bias. I'm going to take off this. Like, uh, like the ball is going to be in our court very, very soon. The right. last thing you want to be is unprepared for it. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like, so wow. you never want to be yeah. that person where, you know, you, all right, here it is. Here's the opportunity. Here's, here's what you've been fighting for. Here's what you've been marching for, striving for, writing about, singing about, all this type of shit is here. And you drop the ball just because, you know, you're not, your talent didn't speak up when it was time or you right. weren't, you didn't prepare yourself mentally for the moment. And right. that's, that's the one thing I, I never want to be. That's why, you know, right. whatever I can do to, to, you know, that's why I'm working so hard, man. Like, that's why I make sure yeah, to man. do as much as I can because I know that point is going to come where it's like, all right, boom, here it is. Here's the opportunity. What are you going to do with it? Man, you know, you know what? That's, Ch- all we, that's all we asking for. We're not asking for that's no all handouts. For. All we asking for is that moments like, here, Kaz, take the ball and go with it. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I just want to score man. touchdowns. And I say this like lastly, man. You know what changed my – yo, it's crazy, man. Television, you know what changed my outlook on every everything is me just being a black man and generational wealth and 
trying to build my family structure so that my kids, 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 kids got something. The show Succession, man. Yes. Bro, yes. Watching yes. that show made me say, now nah, I need to get my shit together. That's yeah, I need, I need to get my shit together because that's how everybody else is, and why that's how everybody is. For real, it almost like it was almost like we always used to feel bad for for not trying to put our people on, but like right, we right. almost felt like, oh well, we're so used to the way the system works against us. The last right. thing we want to do is seem like we're like, nah, man, this is how life is. Like, right, right. you got to do it for your people too because everybody else has done that, and if you Absolutely. don't, like, you're. you're yeah, the, the crabs in the barrel mentality comes and you're mm-hmm. fighting against each other. And it's all these things that we've we've tried and, and worked our asses off to avoid that keeps us from going forward. And I think right now we have such an, an enormous opportunity to really, you know, take the ball and, and run with it just as a people, right. as a culture, to truly, truly be united. Because I've never right. seen this many people finally fed the fuck up and ready for some change. They're right. Hey. Not even since Obama got right. elected. Like as great right. as that was, and and that's was fine, and that was fantastic. Like this is the first time I really felt like actual positive change will happen because we're not putting our we're and it and it's great that he was president. And it's great that he he's done what he's done. But like yeah. the whole savior complex had to stop with us. There's not going to yeah. be one guy that can't, goes in there and then waves a magic wand and, and saves everything. Yeah, everything, right. It ain't right. going to work until we all are on the same page. And I feel like for the first time in a long time, we're right. all on the same page. So Absolutely. Bueno, yeah. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show, man. I know we've been meaning to do this for a while, but yeah. I'm glad we're doing it now. And Me I'm, too, I'm man. so proud of you. So happy to call you a Thank friend. Thank you, my brother. For and, real, man. I appreciate uh, you, man. Yeah, whenever man. you need me too, man. I don't care. Whenever you need me, I'm here for you. Whenever. Absolutely, bro. I will we'll be doing this more often, man. I feel like Absolutely. I feel like this is the start of a, a good uh round of conversations with all of us in the same sort of media circles. Like, yeah, so what so is on complex. This is whistle, like we all right. in the same yeah, yeah, we all in, like, the same sort of networks. Like, this is what we need. We need more conversations like this. So we need it, man. It's like, yeah, all that competition shit is cool, but like we gotta draw the lines of certain things and just start building each other again. Right. Absolutely, man. Wait, no. Check him out in Everyday Struggle. Uh, yes. Everyday on Complex with uh, DJ Academics and the Deska. Yes. Um, you stay safe. Um, also, keep your hands clean. Watch the mask because that shit is still yeah. out there, bro. <laughs> right, man. You too, brother. Be safe. All right, bro. Be safe, man. Take it easy and stay free. Yeah.